0: Vesna refuses to be defined by her dementia diagnosis. My name's Gareth Bracken, and I spoke to a woman who finds happiness in who she is. For our latest Dementia Together podcast from Alzheimer's Society, I spoke of a video call to Vesna, who lives in Bromley in South East London. We chatted about her experiences of living with vascular dementia, including how things have been for her during the coronavirus pandemic. We also discussed the tough start Vesna had in life. Having been abandoned at birth, she and her twin sister Lorraine were raised in the care system in Manchester. And our conversation began with Vesna's
1: reflections on this period. I would say it was a very um, sad uh, childhood, I think, that's the best way of describing it. Um, I had, I was a twin, I had lost my twin to cancer. Um, probably uh, nearly six years ago now it was six years in January that she passed away at King's College she was a community midwife and I lost her to uh, multiple myeloma uh, so it would be nearly six years ago now in January Uh, she died actually uh, two days before our 60th birthday um and we although we were raised together, we were um were in the care system from probably about the age of two weeks, um abandoned at birth, uh, never knew uh, our identity, didn't know I was Ghanaian at that point, I didn't find out until I was about 14, so I hired the research agency to look into um my uh, past history and to identify my um, identity and where I've come from, and hopefully at that time to find my birth parents. We had a lot of moves. Probably from the age of naught to five, we probably moved in in total probably about fifteen times. Mm. So it's probably residential homes, residential nurseries. Uh, foster homes, family group homes, uh, placed uh, with a view to adoption uh, with a British couple who we were with. The most stable placement was probably from the age of two to five and then we were removed from there. The adoption didn't go through and we were removed from there and then we were placed back in the the care system and uh, family group homes and so on. and whatnot. So I would say it was very, very sad. It was very, um, um, it was very difficult. Um, Yeah, yeah. That's uh, pretty much a description of it. Painful.
0: So you, you researched your family identity or you you tried Mm -hmm. to, did you have much success with that?
1: Yeah, I found my birth father, and uh, he was from Ghana. He was born in Ghana, but had come to the UK and had had a couple of relationships and children uh, in in the UK, as well as um, probably 10 10 children. He had 13 children altogether. Mm. And uh, my twin and I were the eldest of his children, and my birth mother had six children, mm. uh, four of which she uh, gave up mm. some uh, some for adoption, some for fostering my twin and I, one for adoption um, one another one who was in foster care so i know the I know these siblings now mm. Uh, I don't have an ongoing relationship with, my, my birth father died actually, my Ghanaian father died a few years back, uh, I don't have, since that happened, I haven't had a relationship with them, very different uh, in terms of, um, I suppose you don't, uh, you, you, part of the problem of growing up like that is that you don't really have trust. In people, so people let you down, then you don't, you don't um, pursue that relationship. So, but I know my identity. I know where I, my my birth father came from. I know that my birth mother was, um, I don't want to say British. She was British. She was uh, of Scottish heritage, um, and and half Jewish. So yeah. So, uh, but I've struggled on and off for the last ten years trying to have a, a relationship with her, and and it is not possible because she continually is not is not a sort of stable person. She's not. She fluctuates. You know, uh, one minute she wants to know. You know, she doesn't want to know. So I decided that I would withdraw from that relationship following the death of my my twin sister. But I do I have a relationship with my other siblings on my uh who share we share the same mother, six of us all together, including my twin. Mm. So I I have an ongoing relationship with them. And uh which is three girls and one boy say boy they're men and women now. Yeah. With their own families they spread across the UK. And I have a relationship with them, but not with my birth mother.
0: Vesna and Lorraine moved to Aylesbury in Buckinghamshire aged 18. Lorraine became a community midwife while Vesna went into nursing before having a career as an adoption and fostering social worker. Vesna started experiencing problems with her memory at work 11 or 12 years ago and was eventually diagnosed with vascular dementia after a brain scan.
1: It's funny because I used to... um... I kind of, when I I got initially diagnosed, you know, I'd had a quite a long period of time where I was forgetting things um, constantly and, and yeah, just not functioning properly, you know, Mm. locking myself out of the house, um, forgetting appointments, forgetting to go out, just Lots of different things like that, and I couldn't understand it. It took me quite a while. Say, say I would go and interview someone. When I left, as soon as I'd left the house, I'd forgotten. I'd forgotten the content of the interview. Mm. So I, I, was not remembering things, and I was not um, uh, other things. I'm not trying to think other things, what were happening. Yeah, I was just constantly training as well, wasn't it? Computer training, and no matter how many times I, I would go on, it would go on one ear and it was not sticking, it would go out the other. Mm. So basically I was not being able to retain information. Mm. I was forgetting people, forgetting people I'm supposed to know, forgetting people's names, um, just not remembering things, forgetting how to to write. Chronology. If I had more than two or three pieces of paper going through the, the photocopying machine, I would get in a total complete mess.
0: Yeah.
1: And it was like, it was like, <laughs> it was comical in a way, but wasn't comical because it, it was, you know, it was very stressful. Yeah. And um, so eventually it led me, um, I was having a lot of health problems as well with high blood pressure. And a lot of headaches and and I was eventually diagnosed with having high blood pressure, Mm. but it kind of all melted into one and then I eventually went to the doctor and said, I I think I'm having problems remembering things. And uh, that's when she sent me off to King's College Mm. for the brain scan and that's at the point that I was diagnosed. It didn't really have an impact on me initially because I didn't really understand it. Mm. I just thought, oh, it's something to do with the brain, but I didn't know anything about it. I hadn't, I hadn't really. Now, I wasn't working with older people. I wasn't something I was aware of.
0: Are, are there any particular um, challenges with memory that you face that, like day to day, that might be a struggle for you?
1: Well. For example, if I watch something on a programme on the TV, I will forget, after I have watched it, I won't remember the film or something like that. So in the moment, I remember, but afterwards, I don't remember. I can lose things easily and, you know, you can go from one room to the next and then you might not. You, you have something in mind, you go and do something, then you pretend you got to the other room, you've forgotten what you've gone there for. Are there any other
0: symptoms um, of the vascular dementia that have changed, impacted your daily life that still present challenges beyond memory?
1: Uh, probably probably falling, accidents, like falling and things like that. Balance, yeah. Mm-hmm. Whether that's, you know, I, I don't know whether it's related, but yeah, I seem to have in the last couple of years had... Instances where I I lose my balance and fall. I have uh, problems with sleeping, like no, not not sleeping and um, waking up frequently in the night, and just being awake and n- n- not being able to sleep for long hours. Yeah. So that's but that's been about a long time yeah, since before I was diagnosed. Maybe it was part of the part of the pre-symptoms of it, I, I I don't know, but it has been quite a, a major problem. So I would sometimes wake up, when I eventually went to sleep, I would wake up feeling like I hadn't gone to sleep. So become, I was becoming very exhausted and very tired all the time.
0: Vesna has introduced strategies to help herself manage better.
1: But, I, I you know, I use, I try to use my phone to, so I can remember put alerts on my phone so I know at the time that I've got something to do or I need to remember something. I try and use the phone as a a memory box. But also I try and also try and um, keep my brain active and try and do things, you know, since uh, I've been writing a lot in the last few years. Writing poetry, writing painting and doing things like that, which, uh, which I find I can, helps with that relaxation, helps with with, um, testing your, yeah, I think it's it's challenging your brain Mm. when you're doing things like that. I get the, I get a lot of support from um, Kaleidoscope Cafe at Age Exchange. Because I go to one of their, um, in Blackheath, um, we're doing it on Zoom at the moment, but um, I go to, every other week I go to their arts and crafts classes. And so we do things on memory, on um, arts, and uh, yeah, various other things. And uh, and they, they they send these activity boxes, which usually has a theme, an art theme to it, you know. Um, you have some uh, tremendous uh, workers who work for the organisation and who just put so much of themselves in it and we have got some fantastic people. And I think just to know that, you know, they're alongside you, they're motivating you, they're sharing, you know, with you and, and, and motivating you to explore different things and, you know, and, and, and showing an interest and, and it's a genuine interest. It's a genuine desire to make people's lives better and to improve their life after diagnosis, which is really important. I can sit here for two hours doing a picture, doing a piece of artwork or, or something. Sometimes it'll work out, sometimes it won't. And then sometimes I even shock myself. <laughs> mm. Yeah, even, you know, I shock myself how how much, yeah, how I've been able to, to, to do that. F- from seed I've been growing plants, you know, like uh, courgettes, butternut squash, tomatoes. Yeah, I'm not done growing those things before, but, I, been quite successful in growing things like that mm. and it's it's also a very puts me in a, a peaceful place because uh, you yeah, know you absorb absorbed and enjoy I've got mm. some nice flowers and yeah something I enjoy doing because one of the big things about this sometimes when you since diagnosis you you lose a lot of your contacts, mm. and it becomes quite isolating sometimes, quite lonely sometimes. Mm. But now, I, I since I've started doing that, it kind of puts me in a peaceful place and, and fills my time, and it's something that I can derive a lot of satisfaction from it without feeling any pressure.
0: So, to recap, Vesna, who lives in Bromley in South East London, grew up in the care system in Manchester with her twin sister Lorraine. Vesna, now 65, was diagnosed with vascular dementia after experiencing memory problems, which continue to affect her daily life. She paints and writes poetry to help her relax, and also gets a lot of satisfaction from growing her own vegetables. Vesna has received excellent support from Kaleidoscope Cafe, run by the Centre Age Exchange with sessions currently taking place by video call. Having her independence and own space is very important to Vesna, while she also appreciates the support she gets from her family, who live nearby. Her daughter sorted out Vesna's move to her current flat, and also helps with things like shopping and making sure that bills are paid. For part of the coronavirus lockdown earlier this year, Vesna couldn't be around anyone, including her family.
1: During lockdown, it was very difficult because I wasn't able to see my grandchildren and my daughter, and it was quite, um, yeah, it's quite isolating. And, um, but I found, um, you know, I found uh, um, doing the artwork and having the support from from Kaleidoscope Cafe from, from Age Exchange. It's been, you know, without them I'd have been at a great loss. I think, you know, they are amazing. Really, they're amazing. You know, they phone you. They, 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 they. You know, they always inquire how you are. Or, you know, and we share uh, our activity boxes and our artwork that we do we share with them. We're able to send them. Um, I've done some recent photography and and um, I sent them those that will go for towards an exhibition that we're gonna be a part of. I think without them it would have been a lonely place but now I'm able to see my grandchildren now and have that family contact it's it's changed everything. As I've got grand, two grandchildren, grandson and a granddaughter and they and uh, my my granddaughter, she's she's eight. She she always, you know, reminds me to do things. And she's and when she's here, she's she's a, a little friend who's very helpful. And
0: as of early August, Fesna was still being careful about who she came into contact with.
1: I don't. I try not to to mix with other people outside my family because. Uh, because I know that's on the increase in my area as well, so you know, and um, and I think it's a national picture at the moment. So I, I try to um, socially distance and and not not put myself in that situation, particularly for myself, because I have asthma and all other related health problems. So um, it's important for me not to not to expose myself too much
0: on balance then how is life currently for you how, how would you sort of how do you feel well, about
1: I think I think since since I since I don't work anymore since I'm not working I haven't got that pressure to remember things it doesn't mean to say I can't do things but I think the pressure of being in a in a a job few years ago where you know it's very highly dependent on having a good brain and uh, remembering things and um, yeah because I have had a couple of instances where I've had um, I've had a phone call which which almost led me to giving my bank details on the phone and mm. um, so I, I was uh, I suppose, being exposed to um, scam, you know, phone scamming and things like that. When I put the phone down, I realised, oh, just a minute, I'm just going to go and get my card. Mm. He said, I'll oh, put your card in the card reader. Unfortunately, when I put the card in the card reader, it actually said it actually didn't accept it. So, um, and I never used a card reader before. My daughter always does that for me. So I felt very vulnerable at that point, Mm -hmm. I think. That's probably, there have been a couple of instances like that where I've had scam phone calls and things like that, where, and then it's led me to, uh, it's led me to feel exposed, or how could I have done that? Or, you know, why didn't I see that? Or, you know, anyway, um, my daughter's just said to me, look, she said, if anybody rings and it's not from a, um, a recognised phone number on your list, unless they've told you before, I'm going to ring you and it's going to be a no ID call number, mm. then just put the phone down and either ring them back if, they have a, if it, they're saying it's the bank, ring the bank back. And I have done that and and and, and contacted the fraud team and, and they were able to help me through that. And also to make a note with the bank that I do have dementia. So they have put certain things on my online banking on my phone to to help me uh not fall victim to things like that, you know. But what I've tried to do is not let dementia define me, you know, because um, that's why it's so good to be able to do creative things, you know, and think that, well, yes, I can do that, you know, to sort out what you can do from, you might not be able to have a brilliant memory or to remember things necessarily, but you, you can still do things. And that's what I've discovered, you know, that. It's not a death sentence for me, and why I have breath, I'm not going to let it define me, and I'm going to try and do as much as possible and have as many experiences as possible. Yeah, you. I think you can be viewed as being redundant. You know that you you do you don't serve a purpose anymore, but you have to make yourself with the support of other people to. You know, to to feel that you have a worth and that you are, that there is something left in you. You know, you do, don't roll up and die. So you, the, the, there are still parts of you, and parts of your brain and parts of you that are have creativity and 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 to explore new things, and take on new experiences and new new challenges. Yeah, you know, I think it's important not to shut yourself away and. And, and let you know let uh, the diagnose diagnosis rule you.
0: So do you think there can be a tendency for people to judge those with dementia as not being useful or not
1: having a yeah problem? yeah or, one, or 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 some, in some way um, I can't really find the words for it but it's um, you can find happiness in how you are. That doesn't rely on memory, but you know you're more than your memory. I mean you don't go around with it written on your forehead. I have dementia, you know you don't so people just do it they don't, they don't they can see you, but if you say to someone Oh, you've got dementia it's a whole different attitude, but if you say to someone, Oh, this is what I do, I can you know I do art, and I, and I, I, I do act, I, and I do write. and I. When you
0: say that if you tell someone you have dementia, their attitude can change, do you mean it can change
1: for the worse? Yeah, it can become almost like, um, I don't know what, what word I'm, I'm looking for. It's a um, kind of a bit patronising.
0: But you think instead, tell them what you can do. Tell them hmm. what you can do. You are, or poetry, or
1: yeah. I was wondering, do you th- think much about the future? Do you look ahead much? I know that there there will come a time when when my dementia will probably deteriorate, but until it does, I want to feel that I'm fulfilling my aspirations to to have a good quality of life and to have new experiences and and share with other like minded people and develop friendships through through that. Yeah. There are opportunities, but they're limited. Mm. I was watching that uh, there was some time ago, I don't know whether it was on um there was some exercise that the BBC did on dementia and and Alzheimer's with a group of people who they put in a restaurant. And what was it called now? Um, do you know what? I think it might have been Channel Four. It what was, was it Channel Four? Oh, uh, what was it called? It was
0: called the Restaurant That Makes Mistakes.
1: Yes, that's yeah. it. Yeah. And I thought that was that was um, for me. It kind of it encapsulates what how you, you can look at people with memory issues and, and draw on other strengths that they may have mm. and not, not necessarily let that diagnosis define them. So, you know, give them opportunities to, to, to do other things that doesn't necessarily mean that has to rely on memory, because there's much more to a person and, and than their memory.
0: Vesna has spoken at conferences and events about her experiences of dementia, including addressing a group of occupational therapists about dementia care. Vesna had been impressed by the holistic approach taken to her sister Lorraine's care when she had cancer.
1: My my sister, she didn't actually die at the um, at the hospice but she was uh she was a an outpatient at St Christopher's hospice and i went to many functions that they put on musical events and and things and uh, fundraising events and um and she was uh you know she was able to get have experienced art therapy counseling and all that those sort of things, and and I thought it was a wonderful place and a wonderful way of of her getting a support with her cancer and her diagnosis. So yeah. So I, in a sense, I, I see parallels, I think um, between uh, the hospice care that was provided to my twin and and um, care of people with the uh, been and dementia
0: do you mean in terms of focusing on things like art therapy and things that aren't just yes. purely medical that's right and so you, you you speak at these events and conferences you're speaking to me now so you're obviously quite comfortable it seems with sharing your story publicly mm. what sort of what motivates you to be so public with your story why are you, why are you so happy to share your story so openly
1: because I didn't know anything about dementia or Alzheimer's and, and I think I think it's so important for us to have an understanding of it and to be able to perhaps identify it earlier on if people are struggling with memory memory loss and to be able to support them and and uh yeah, I think that's really important and I I, I didn't have that and I wasn't aware of it myself. I think if I'd have known, if I'd have known a bit more about dementia beforehand, I think I would have sought help Mm. within the workplace, because I don't know whether, I don't know whether people in my workplace were, or employers were particularly aware of it. My, my, my feelings, they probably weren't because I wasn't aware of it. Mm. And I think, I think... I may, may have been able to get the right support at the time, instead of struggling and in effect, not knowing what was wrong with me. Yeah, I think it's important for organizations to be aware that people can have early onset dementia and how it may affect them. and And perhaps be steered towards getting a diagnosis earlier, rather than struggling with it for some years. And also I think uh, about people who, families who are in, you know, who need the support to to understand and appreciate, you know, when they have uh, someone within their family, how, you know, the stresses and strains and how to go about supporting them. Yeah, and also to 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 tell people that it, you know don't let that define you. You're not just a medical diagnosis. That you are still a person. You still, you know, to be supported to to live a full life is important. To have that quality of life and to be more than your your disease or diagnosis. Next steps.
0: Your support helps us to campaign for timely diagnosis so people like Vesna aren't left to struggle. Visit alzheimers.org.uk forward slash give or call 0330-333-0804. For coronavirus advice and support for people affected by dementia, visit alzheimers.org.uk forward slash coronavirus. For our What is Vascular Dementia 402 fact sheet See alzheimers.org.uk forward slash publications or call 0300 303 5933. This was a podcast version of the article called Still Worthy in the October-November 2020 issue of Dementia Together, Alzheimer's Society's magazine. Written and recorded by Gareth Bracken, produced by Chris Hosker. Don't forget to like, share and subscribe for more Alzheimer Society podcasts. As well as print and email versions, we also offer an audio version of the full magazine. To receive the magazine or the CD, call 0330-333-0804.